And we're back with episode 14 of the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim, and I'm here with my usual partner in crime, Adam. Say hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. Oh, you did that one perfectly. Well done, young man. Thank and, you. Do I get a cookie later? Maybe. If we... Well, I, I might have a cookie. Uh, I'll ask my wife. Oh, okay. She knows where the cookies are. I don't eat them anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, but... <laughs> You know what's really cool about today's episode, Adam? Is it the two people sitting next to me? You read my mind and saw the two people sitting next to you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, we've got contestants number one and two joining us, so we're going to go with contestant number one first. Hi, my name is Manny Gomez. And Manny is a friend of mine from a long time where we both worked at a uh, unnamed chain bookstore, yes. national bookstore chain, I should say. Hey, I don't think they sell a lot of books anymore. Yeah, they, they sell a lot of toys and Legos. Legos and you know, honestly, it's uh, it, it's hard to uh, hide a name like that because how many chain bookstores are actually left? But I think this is as much advertisement as I really want to give them right now. I'm so. in the Good same call. boat. I'm in the exact same boat. <laughs> Good call. And I think Manny might be in the same boat too. Yeah, he's nodding. Remember, Manny, we talk on audio podcasts. So. Yes, I know. <laughs> I was, mum's the word on that one. Yeah, okay. The less said, the better. So let's move on to continue. Contestant number two to join us today. Contestant number two, you might recognize his voice. Say hello, sir. I actually like the term special guest villain. Oh. Jonathan Wright, how are you? How about special appearance by? Oh, I like that one too. But that, that means I have to boot you out of the episode in five minutes. So, yeah, as, as long as I get a good death scene, I'm good with it. You know, that might actually happen. So, um, sharpen the knives. I don't want to clean that up. Yeah, well, you would have to. Remember, you're the intern. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to do something with the young ones. Man, I'm tired of having blood on my hands. You know who's not having tired of having blood on his hands, though? Mm-hmm. Is Drax the Destroyer. That is he absolutely really true. enjoys his work. How is that for a segue? That was nice. I, I, I worked really hard on that, all for about a half a microsecond. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Okay, so... Um, you could probably tell from the uh, words, if you are literate, you should be able to tell that this podcast is our official graphic content podcast, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy review for the volume two of Guardians of the Galaxy. And um, I assume your title will have a great big old spoilers in big red bold letters on yes, the title. But I think that it's good to give our, our listeners... The mental image of a giant red billboard just flashing, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So if you don't want to have Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Volume 2, I was going to say 2, but it's not 2. No, it's Volume volume 2. Better get this shit right. So uh, don't listen to the show until after you've seen it. I mean, what is wrong with you? You Unless you don't care, which uh, to give, uh, I guess, a foreshadowing... Uh, you're wrong about not caring. Yes, you're absolutely wrong about not caring. But we're, you know, all I'm going to say right now to that point is I am Groot, and then we'll translate that piece a little bit later. So, um, just to give a little bit of background on our uh, special guests today, uh, John Wright, you heard him on our movie review for Logan, who gave the uh, gave the movie four out of five claws, like I did. And uh, or four point two five, if I remember correctly, yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah was, I guess it, I, it was. It was not flawless, but it was very good. Very good. And Manny, I've known for close to the better part of twenty years, I'd say at this point. And Manny is the biggest DC Comics fan that I know. 
Superman being your guy. Yeah, yeah everything except the uh, new 52 Superman, which we, broke my heart. So, But that's all been fixed now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we In got, a weird way, but in yes. In a weird way, mm-hmm. it's been all fixed now. Yes. So that's a good thing. But we're not here to talk DC Comics. But Manny, I think it's, I mean, let us know. I mean... Are you have you ever read Marvel comics or I did what's read, your background with Marvel? With Marvel as a kid, uh, I was really into the X Men. Mm-hmm. Jim Lee, you know, oh, got yeah. me into X Men. You know, plus uh, it had the '92 X Men cartoon, yes, riffing right off his design. So the, with the weird, sometimes good animation, but the stories were always really good. But the only thing Wolverine ever said was Gene. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much all he said in every episode. But I did, uh, as I got older, I read some Marvel, uh-huh. um, but what kind of brought me back to the characters was uh, 2008 was Old Man Logan. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed that. But that's oh. when I started discovering writers. Yeah, and Mark so, Miller. Yes, yes. And Steve McNiven on the pencils <sighs> did for that. such a great, that's that, such a great story. Honest to God, you know, if you were inspired by Logan to think about looking at comics... Old Man Logan, I think, is an entry drug, even though it's the apotheosis of the character. That was know? a mistake, too. Uh, I lived in Houston at the time. Yeah. And my wife and I would go to a uh, comic book store called Bedrock City Comics. And I had a box, and I went to pick up my box to pick up. That was during the Final Crisis era. Okay. And Another am- amazing storyline. Yes. And mind-bending. Yes, that yeah. too. <laughs> and there's an Old Man Logan book. And I go, well, I didn't, I didn't order this. But, you know, I turned a couple of pages and said, but you know what? I'll take it home. Said, okay. You know, it's yours for free. Our mistake. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Even wow. Came back. That's really cool. Good customer service. And it, and it made them money. It made them money. And that store was so loyal to us customers that Hurricane Ike hit. Destroyed oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. comic book store. Oh, shit. Um, and so we actually moved back to California because I said, I'd rather deal with earthquakes and hurricanes. Agreed. Yeah. And I was at WonderCon the last year they had in San Francisco. Okay. And Terry Moore was there signing pictures. Neat. You guys know who Terry Moore is, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. And he's got this lithograph of a picture he did, and it's the comic book store that was destroyed in Houston. So I no said to him, kidding. that's Bedrock City in Houston on Westheimer. And he said, yes, I know the owners. I did this for them. I go, well, then get me two of those copies. That's uh-huh. cool. So one hangs in our living room, uh-huh. and the other one's put away. But uh, So that little comic book store got me back into Marvel. I didn't, I'm not deep in the Marvel, okay. but it got... Got the lips wet. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and Adam and I, we've been talking about this. We're not super deep into Marvel right now. I don't think we're super deep into either of the big two at the moment. No, not really. But what I am super deep into is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I need it like I... like. Like a drug addict needs crack cocaine. That's not politically incorrect to say because no people no. who need crack cocaine to live. <laughs> well, yes. crack crack cocaine's kind of out now. It's all about the heroin. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's opioids. Yeah, that's what the cool kids are doing now. Yeah, apparently so. So I'm not going to talk about drugs anymore. Kids don't do drugs. Um, <laughs> kids, you shouldn't be listening to the this. Go find you your know. parents. <laughs> I will say this: when I watch a Marvel uh, universe, a cinematic universe movie, uh-huh. I go into it. From a DC side, yeah, kind of like I want to cross the aisle and make peace, and so <laughs> and that's a great way to do it. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm jealous as I walk across because I have my it's own hard. ideas. For it's the I'll WB be, side. I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. After three swings, look, um, we're going to have to talk about Man of Steel with you, man, because I know that Superman is your guy. Yes. And oh, I would love that conversation. We need to do a, a retrospective on Man of Steel. <laughs> it is probably the most controversial movie in 
in probably comics fan comics movie fandom right now because you either love that movie or you hate that movie. Exactly. There there's no, no in between. Mi- yeah, there's no middle ground. But it, universally, BVS sucked. I mean, it sucked hot. The theatrical release, yes. yeah. to be clear, sucked hot gas. I almost went to the point of saying that I enjoyed Superman Returns more than I liked Batman Holy v Superman. Jesus. Theatrical version. Honestly, yes. because it had Kevin Spacey. Just being Kevin Spacey, you know, it, it was yes, it was great like that, and that, John Williams score, right? Mm-hmm. So that helped. <laughs> you know, it's a Superman movie with John Williams doing right. the music for it. So, look, um, you know, DC is having its challenges. I think it's safe to say we're all hoping the the best for Wonder Woman. Fingers coming. crossed and for Wonder we, Woman. I, for me, I saw the Wonder Woman trailer for the first time last night when we oh, went really? to go see Guardians. Okay. And so I was yeah. very impressed. I'm like actually looking forward to this movie. It's shot in a way I have not seen a superhero movie shot. I yeah. mean, cin- cinematographically, I, I have problems with words on podcasts. This is probably the wrong way for me to express myself. But from a cinematography point of view... I have not seen many many films shot that way, especially in the Themyscira scene. So mm-hmm. it yes. looks just beautiful. And I love that she had an accent. I yeah. love that. See, I always I thought, thought that she made, should. That made so much sense to me. Yeah. She's not from the United States. Yeah. yeah. So I, I question Gal Gadot's ability to deliver as the lead in a film, but we're going to find out. When I mm-hmm. heard that she went in and did reshoots five months pregnant, I was just like, you're Wonder Woman. Yeah, well, okay. That's <laughs> I was just, just like, you're Wonder Woman. That's just another example of why women are better than men. Yeah. In general. Yeah. They put in- a green screen over her stomach and then yeah. said, hey, we need you to do all this. And she hey. was like, I'm game. Hey, they, get, they gave her a green wrap and, yeah. and for her stomach. So, yeah. the, so yeah. the, they'll, they'll wow. CGI her stomach. For they CGI the scenes. baby out. Wow, that's that is impressive. Wow. So I'm going to look over to my wife and your wife, John, Anne Marie, and Christine. Are we right that women are the better sex? Yeah, thumbs up. Okay, we got a thumbs up. On <laughs> I that. think so. I think we scored po- points hey, with you know, the wives on that. Speaking of CGI and babies, yeah. How about that baby Groot? Huh? How about baby Groot? Ooh. So we're going to move into. Thank you, John. Yeah. Thank you. We need Got to be back. Put, put back <laughs> on track there. So, look, like the Logan review, we're going to follow the pretty much the same format. Uh, we're going to start with what we liked about the film. Chances are that's going to take up the bulk of this review. Just saying. Uh, we're going to talk about some things that might maybe have detracted from the film just a little bit. And then we're going to give it an overall rating from one to five mixtapes. Beautiful. So... Gentlemen, John, I want to start with you. What did you think? Let's talk about the stuff we loved about it. The stuff we loved about it. Um, I love the music because <sighs> I, yes. I'm I'm a I'm a huge uh, you know child of the '80s. Yep. So like I knew every single song. Yep. I was tapping my foot throughout the whole thing, and um, just the thought of like you know they're setting up for this huge interdimensional incursion and they've got jetpacks and huge bombs and guns and then rocket is setting up the sound system as well and that that right there tells you what you're in for the opening and this is this is also this isn't t- the first 5 minutes this is the first 5 minutes we're not spoiling yes. shit yet no but baby group does the final connection of putting which by the way for alien technology, that AV cable looked pretty <laughs> earthbound. Yeah. I'm just hashtag just saying. He but uh, it. he just kind of clipped it right there. And P- 
Peter Quill danced in the first one, and we got nothing but Baby Groot through the opening credits line, and that was just fucking great. And just I'm seeing dancing all like the shit, right now. seeing all the shit in the background going on. Well, he's just grooving. He's grooving, he's, man. My uh, five-year-old, no, six-year-old now. He didn't want to see the movie for some reason once we got to the drive-in. Because we went and saw it in the drive-in. He's got daddy's DC gene right. thing. Oh, so. he's a big Batman guy. <laughs> Good. All right. So, what's Baby Groot's on the screen, though? He is fixated. <laughs> he moved up to the front passenger seat. Uh-huh. And he said, Daddy, I going to watch this movie. I said, oh, good, good. That's why we're here. And he, <laughs> he loved Baby Groot. It just took that one little character to get my kids into because I was like, please, everyone be interested because uh-huh. daddy wants to watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> now, you were telling us before we started recording that you took your kids to a drive-in. Yes. One of the few remaining drive-ins in the United States is up yes. in the Sacramento area. So what was that experience like? It was cheap. <laughs> it was in a good way? Or it like was a- set under $17 to get my four kids and I and a large popcorn into the drive-in. That is an we awesome pulled up, price. Got good spot. They didn't start the movie till eight thirty, so we still had like ten minutes of previews. Okay. So then it got fine. It finally got dark enough. The movie started. I blare it on the stereo because it comes in through the FM stereo. Oh, that's up. so cool! Like, you, oh yeah, you've you got can, a good you stereo can, system. I mixed the sound too. I was like, okay, I want a little more bass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> boom, boom. And you know, the kids like it because they can get up and walk around a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I have a little habit of where I like to have a cigarette every once in a while. So the great thing is there's other families there, other cars there with their tailgates open, you know, stereos blaring. Well, they're all blaring the movie. So even if I walked out of my vehicle, I uh-huh. could still hear the movie. Yeah. But when you stepped out the vehicle, oh, when you stepped out the vehicle, there was all these people just loving this movie yeah. and laughing and like looking at each other like you would in a movie theater. But the lights are kind of on because you could see the reflection off the screen. Sure. Mm-hmm. But everyone just really was there to see Guardians of the Galaxy. And there was a lot of families there. And I think as comic book guys sometimes take for granted that those kids were us. Yeah. But yeah. the great thing about them being kids now is that it's cool. I used to hide it. Well, we had to. I mean, yes. back, back and even Adam, maybe even when you were a kid, a little bit. Mine was apathy. Like yeah. I didn't get, I didn't get any crap for liking comics, yeah. but I never. Right. There was oh. nobody who was like, "What about this comics thing?" Nobody no. gave a right. shit. Yeah, Manny, no. Manny took shit. John, I know you took shit. Oh yeah, I, 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 I ate a lot of shit. I, I, I never cared about any of it. Um, sure yeah, about what what, but they, there what were people, they were saying, but yeah, absolutely. I wanted to be popular, so I hid the Batman Superman under ruse, oh, and, so to speak. Smart. And but <laughs> now with this all being so popular, my kids, you know, seeing this, and then you see the families with all the children, right? And then with the Marvel movies, what's so good is that you get the you start to see history of the of the Marvel universe. Yes, and so that exposes even more. Things mm-hmm. to them, and my kids, the wheels of my kids' heads start turning. So, I just loved it. Now, how old are your kids, Manny? Kal-El is eight. Kal-El. Fre- yes. Your son, Kal- Okay. That's For- geek bona fides if I've ever heard uh, it His right middle there. name's Xavier, so there is a Marvel. Oh. Show. Yes. Wow, you really fucked your kid up. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's what Neil Adams said. That's great. I think it's awesome, though, seriously. Frank is uh, six, and Samuel is two. Okay. And they're all into comics. Now, uh, the question I wanted to ask, though, sorry to cut you off, but no the, problem. the thing that I wanted to ask is, this: now, look, this is no judgment, but this is a PG-13 movie. Yes. How did it play to their age group? Because it wasn't, 
I don't think it was over sexualized or anything. No, like except that. for the word penis. I yeah, believe that was that, that was probably the the most blunt word yeah. used in the movie. <laughs> Did they giggle? Do you know? I think it kind of went over their okay. heads. They weren't really getting that scene, mm-hmm. and okay. that's okay. That's something uh, for mom and dad. That's something for yeah. mom and dad. If yeah. you watch any Pixar movie, there's stuff that's just for mom and dad. Oh yeah, truth. So no different here. The Incredibles, anyone? Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I'm. It's interesting that you mentioned PG-13. What in that movie was necessary for the 13? They, I don't. They said shit a few times. Oh, okay, they so did language, say shit a few times. That that was kind of the only thing I noticed where I was like, oh well, that's why they got their PG-13 rating. It was probably that and penis. And maybe you know what I would say the uh, the scene with uh, Gamora and Nebula coming down to Ego and trying to them trying to you know. Not well. One trying to murder the other. Yeah, I would say that was kind of that okay. Was kind yeah, of when he yeah, so, so some of the violence, and then when when uh, you know when Peter kind of goes buck and shoots his dad, you know that that's is, yeah that was that, pretty that, that was a little. But he was well. it was it, that was cartoony. I mean that was like that was like <laughs> the animator erasing part of Daffy Duck. I it's mean, no worse than we just watched Looney Tunes this morning. There's not classic Looney Tunes. It's and, not any worse than right. that. And I thought it was maybe half as violent as Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which if I remember right was the first PG thirteen movie. Actually, um, this 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 movie nerd knows a little bit about that was actually one of the movies that triggered PG thirteen was rating. It? Yeah, so it was that PG. And Red, we... That and Red Dawn came out the same oh, summer. Oh, Red Dawn. And and, yeah. and then, Wolverines. yeah, the, exactly. And they, they, p- parents were like, "Oh my God, I took my ten-year-old to see this movie, and he freaked out." If for anyone listening, we don't mean the new Red Dawn that just came out a couple no. years ago. We the Hemsworth the Brothers movie, no. right out. No, you no. have to be from America for Red Dawn. Yes, <laughs> I'm yes. sorry, and I say that with all due respect to our our, our Southern Cross. Australian friends, because we know we have a huge following in Australia, right, Adam? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're huge over there. Huge. They actually, there's the corner of the right flag. They put the graphic content logo. Just look. It's really small, but it's there. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, (laughs) you've got to be American to play Red and Red Dawn. Anyway, I'm moving on now. So, um, good point, though, about PG 13. That is a very good point. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, but yeah, the, um, the, the ratings. Of all of the Marvel movies, have been PG thirteen. Yeah, um, yes. Which the is the Marvel fine. Studios movie, movies? Yeah, MCU. The the we can't count Deadpool in in, <laughs> no. in that bunch. Or Logan. Or Logan. Yeah. Or Logan. No. But yeah, no. all all the MCU movies, and they they all have been pretty family friendly, really. Yeah. So Adam, what was what was some of the stuff that you liked about the movie? Um, the one one thing I really liked about the movie was. Uh, the humor, of course. I mean, yes. we, all of us, I, I think it's safe to say, laughed through the, almost the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were doing gags in that. I mean, just straight up jokes. Yes. They were doing straight up sight gags, like the whole thing with Baby Groot pulling different pieces of furniture. Yes. yes. To, uh, to Yondu and, uh, and Rocket. I'm just like, no, it's a thin. And thin. Ju- I am Groot. And just yeah. when you thought that joke would end, it got better. Yeah. And it, and it got better because it just like, kept going forever. <laughs> That's a desk. That was <laughs> when he brought the desk. <laughs> not, he, he's not even trying at this point. He's just bringing random things to them. That was great. Oh, my Adam's God. Adam's right. The humor, that's what makes the Guardians of the Galaxy so good, is the humor and the like, the music. Yeah. The comedic timing was just so perfect on everything. Mm-hmm. I think Dave Batista is a national treasure. <laughs> I mean, that guy, look, 
he was a bullshit Bond villain. I mean, they didn't write a good part for him, in my estimation. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, what was the one where uh, they finally revealed Blofeld? Spectre. Uh, Spectre, I did not think was a good James Bond movie as an aside. It wasn't Dave no. Batista's fault. It just there wasn't a real strong script to direct. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Dave Batista has the possibility... If you if he if he angles his career the right direction, he can go the route that John Cena is going right now. He can go the route that maybe I'm mean, maybe not to the same level in the in the stratosphere, but he, you know he can go the direction of the Rock because his comedic timing. He did very little destroying. I noticed in this movie, <laughs> you, yes. much less violence this much time. less violence. I, from I feel Jax. like this movie is where he. He discovered his sense of humor. Yeah. And then went full bore with it. And it's like whenever any of us discover something new, we just, you know, dive into it. And I think that was just something that was so foreign to him. And being able to discover it, you know, was a was a new uh a new thing for him. Uh, it was obviously his new- comedic tone also was good. His- he was <sighs> at times not overselling it. Yeah. And you almost like would question, should I laugh at this point? Is he being funny or is he being sincere? And I, right. I really liked it. Yeah. But when he oversold it, oh my God, yes, it, did it he oversell on. it? Especially his relationship. Now, when I say relationship, but how he interacted with Mantis, one of the new yes. characters in this. <laughs> you are ugly. You are beautiful on the inside, but you're still ugly. Palm Clementine. Palm Clementine, who I thought did... Well, I'll get into my likes, but I just thought she was joy. Yeah. You know, she was just, she was like joy from inside out, I thought, but with the scum of the universe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, that's a really good analogy, Jim. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, she's super positive, and yet at the same time is forced to do things that she really doesn't want to do. I'm reaching over and touching John. I sense love. <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, it's sort of general love of all no mankind. Sexual love. No, no. <laughs> no. Um, that and, and what's funny is we saw. We I think we all saw that saw that trailer about twenty yes. times. So even the gag with um with, with Mantis and and revealing um uh, Quill's love. Uh, for Gamora, Gamora, flat out, and um, and then the the thing in the uh, with the with the bomb with the and bomb. the button, yep. The things we saw those all those gags twenty times, and yet still laughed at them when they happened in the in the movie because they occupied a a minor fraction of the entire movie. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like Batman versus Superman where they just gave up the whole third act in their trailers. It's like, okay, here's Doomsday. Guess what's going to happen? Yeah. Gee. Yeah. Gee, Superman gets killed. Oh. Oh, spoiler alert for Batman oh, vs. Superman. Oh, darn it. What did I do? It's an all. It's a year old movie. Jesus, I'm the worst human being. Red alert, Mr. Sulu. That's not true. You didn't make that movie. Spoiler alert. Worst. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yes, the jokes still work, though. Yes. It really does. It really does. It makes it. And when, when you say spoiler alert, it's like an emotional trigger for people. You know, it's like, oh fuck! I didn't mean to say that. I mean, what was I saying? I mean, <laughs> I mean, fuck! You didn't see the White Walkers in that episode of Game of Thrones? Oh fuck! I'm so sorry, <laughs> Manny. What were some of the things? Now we talked about your kids and stuff. Yes. Obviously, you like your kids, so I'm sure that you enjoyed having them with you. At I the really movies. did enjoy having them watch the movie with me. I so mean, that was good. That must have been a guess because I remember going to see the original Star Wars with my dad, 
and you know that same kind of feeling came through. Yes, I the top on uh, yeah. my dad took me to see the original Ghostbusters in 1984, oh, and I I okay. don't remember seeing. All I remember is it saying Ghostbusters when they come out of the library uh-huh. and the audience cheering. That's what I do remember from that. Okay. And my dad, you know, that relationship yeah. with my dad. So I got that with my kids. But what I really like about this movie. Speaking of the father-son issue, uh-huh. I have a stepdad and I have a real dad. Okay. Thank God my dad's not like uh, Kurt Russell's Ego. character, like Ego's Ego. character. But the relationship that he has yes. with his so-called stepfather really tugged on my heartstrings, and they did it so well. Uh-huh. They didn't overdo it at the end of the movie, just did what it's supposed to do, did a little sacrifice for his son that yeah. he loved. Well- and perfect. And let's discuss this. Okay, so I'm going to put another. This is like a super secret spoiler warning. So, <laughs> I mean, if you thought this was going to, we were spoilery before, we're going to get yes. like, this is the ultimate spoilery because this is a turning point in the third act of the film. Mm-hmm. And that is Yandu's sacrifice for Peter. Yes. Which yeah. was reminiscent of how Peter went out to go save Gamora in the first film yes. when she got shot out of her, her fighter. And, um, you know, he was presented with a jetpack and a spacesuit. Yes. And that's all Rocket had on him was one of each. He didn't have extras. Yeah. So Yondu grabbed Peter. He had the jetpack on and put the spacesuit, which was like more of a force field with air, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he put that on Peter because he wanted to save him more than anything because he loved this kid. Yeah. You know, he loved this kid so much that he would do what I think any father would do for their children. And that is sacrifice himself. And it, I'm telling you what, Michael Rooker sold the shit out of that. Yeah, he, it was awesome. Yeah, Yondu went from like a a comedic villain in the yes. first movie to like a, almost like a heel in wrestling turn. I mean, he was yeah. a super heel, and he went face in his final moments right mm-hmm. there. You know. And the the I love the interaction when uh, when Yondu and Peter are flying the uh, the, the the tunneler uh-huh. and. Um, they're talking about like you know uh, the setup and how he got in and how he got into the um, uh, the situation in the first place, and he's just like you know it's like and he Yandu's just like why do you think I, I I didn't give you over to ego and Peter's just like it's because you wanted me to you know to use me for thieving and, and he said I can't remember exactly what he said but he said something like it's like are you really that stupid to think that was the reason and yeah. at that moment it's just like you know he's had this. He's cared for this kid for so long, and you know uh, Peter has never figured it out. Has never known that this was actually how he felt. Right, and you know it 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 colors everything about his character. You know, for even from the first movie, whenever and it doesn't invalidate anything from the first movie either. If anything, it explains stuff from the first movie. Yes, yes. One thing that tugged at my heartstrings was when Yondu is talking about how he navigates his dart. Yeah. And he says, I don't use my mind, I use my heart. Uh-huh. Right as he's being buried uh, in by by Ego, who's stopped all the Guardians at that point, and yep. he's he's buried Yondu. Um, I almost shed a tear. Yeah. I almost yeah. shed a no, tear. No, it was legit how they sold that scene. It, it was, was... And then there was a scene where, where Peter, uh, it, he's... Um, 
something's going on with the ego. I can't remember, but he's reliving memories and his, you know, he's like having a his life flashing before his eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he has that scene with Yondu where he's a young boy. Yes. And yes. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. And so then I kind of knew something was going to happen at that point, but I was like, wow, okay, I'm getting it. This is great. You this know, is, it's, it's going where I want it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And you see that, wait a minute, he taught Peter how to drive. He taught, yeah. or to fly a spaceship. Yeah. You know, he taught Peter how to shoot. Uh, what looked like a wrist rocket or something. That's like what that. it was. Yeah, yeah. And how, it was, how, how to how to survive in this new world that he had found himself in, and with all these like insane people that he was going to have to, that he was going to have to deal with, like all the other ravagers, and and plus the greater universe as a mm-hmm. whole as well. Um, and I don't think we need to spoil the reason why um, Peter was in some degree of jeopardy. You know, I think we can let our listeners go see the movie and, and discover that piece on themselves. But there was a definite uh, turn with the ego that just was really shocking. I mean, yeah. to an extreme level of just showing that that it's not just a, mu- a human being that's been alive for two million years. He is described as okay, and people who know, and this is this goes to what I loved which were the deep comic cuts yeah. in this film. And they were super fucking deep because nothing I like more, and I think you're with me on this, and John and, and Adam, I think for the most part, the Jack Kirby that yes. was yeah. in that movie. And when they start dropping the fact that Ego was a celestial, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I yeah. think I literally turned to my wife and said, holy <laughs> shit. He's a sol- which makes total sense. Yes, mm-hmm. the way they played ego, I was very. Uh, whenever I went into it, and I, I heard because I didn't watch any trailers or anything, I just heard, "Oh, uh, Kurt Russell's going to be ego, uh, who's going to be Peter's dad," and I, I could not fathom how that was going to work. <laughs> right, because in the Jack Kirby right. comics, in the Black Galaxy, I think it was the Black Galaxy saga and Thor, when Thor went into space to fight space things that's that's the best that i can remember the black galaxy saga you know like all the evil was coming from a place called the black, black galaxy. galaxy and that's where ego resided and he was just a planet with a face and a beard mm-hmm. you know so it was like really fucking weird looking but they paid homage to that in that film oh too. i love yeah. seeing that yeah I love seeing, seeing that. ego's face on the planet was just like yeah but you can see how nowhere was the hollowed out skull of a, of a dead celestial mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and as as kurt russell put it in, in his human form as ego you know our peter quill asked him are you god and he goes god small g yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. So, and he had lived these millions and millions of years, you know, seeding all these other planets and stuff like that, you know, as sort of a gardener type. And uh, so I was really blown away by those deep Kirby cuts. We also got the deep Kirby cuts from the Stan Lee cameo, which I almost yes. shed a tear for just in the joy of, of at least somewhat of a, of an acknowledgement. So the Stan Lee cameo, fuck it. It's spoilers. We can talk about yes. this. Stan Lee is in a spacesuit <laughs> on an asteroid, right? Talking to three watchers, all looking like Watu the Watcher. Yeah, that mm-hmm. freaked me out whenever I saw that because I was not expecting I that. I was not expecting. No, that. me neither. 
but not at all. And and in his, I think John, you told me after the movie last night that uh, the the name of Stanley's character in his cameo was Watcher's Informant. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so so yes, the, all uh, all the you know all these cameos that you know that that Stan the Man have had in the Marvel Cinematic Universe have in fact been the same guy again and, and again. again. Cool, and again. Uh, Kevin. The, Feige, Feige, however Feige. you say Feige. Yeah. He, from what I, I heard that he went on record saying that, that Stan Lee was the, the watcher and not just the watcher of the MCU, but he, Stan was the, the watcher of all the different universes for, you know, for uh, lack it, of a better term. He is term. the only connective tissue between. That's awesome. Between the Fox Studio stuff, the X-Universe stuff, and, uh, and the uh, MCU stuff. And there's nothing he said that would that would invalidate that. I mean, right. it's like he 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 jokes about, hey, I need a ride home. You know, uh, at uh, at the very end, as the watchers are walking away. Where are you guys going? I got more stories. Oh, when he brought up the cameo in Civil War, I was, it says, and then I was this FedEx delivery guy. <laughs> I was laughing. I'm like, oh my god, this is so fucking deep. I'm just like, I felt like Dave Bowman at the end of 2001: Space Odyssey. It's full of stars. <laughs> now, when they first show it, yeah. that's when they're jumping, right? Yes. Okay, and so it looked like a Tex Avery cartoon. It's going where yeah. their faces are all deforming. Yes. Oh, that was beautiful during the warping, yes. and and so also was, like, was nice to see because they didn't really get into it in the first Guardians. How you know high speed space travel right. works? Yeah. So that, that was, was cool. So the hyperspace jumps were really neat. I what I wasn't expecting them to do all seven hundred jumps. And then make. I thought there was going to be some type of breakdown somewhere, right? And that oh well, then we have to repair it. Then we can do this normal. No, they come out of that ship fucked up. Well, and there was yeah. one point where you just there's this wide shot of a star field, and you just see the ship go bang, 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 like it was playing <laughs> pinball or something. Right, that's or awesome. Pachinko. and I'm like, oh my god, I mean, I'm laughing right now just thinking about it. It was it, it was a movie, but you didn't have to be versed in in the lore, and that's what's been no. great about the MCU films. I think, as opposed to maybe some of the DC productions, is that there it is just as accessible for somebody who has never seen. You didn't even need to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. No, yeah. no, not at all. You could have totally got everything from it. It enhanced the experience. Don't get me wrong. I mean, seeing the first of the film is is. Is great, yeah. But I mean, you could have taken a date that's never watched a superhero movie in his or her life and sat them down in front of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and that movie was as fun as fucking Cannonball Run from the eighties. Yeah, I swear to God, it was, it was just, great. it was just go for broke. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking, running through all the uh, the MCU and trying to find a movie that was the most inaccessible, and. It's hard to do because I, even, even Civil War that, you know, that pays off so many like long term like plot lines and things like that. Yeah. It sets up everything you need in that one movie. Yes. So even if that's the only movie you ever saw, you would still understand all of the important points. It's like when I went to see Ant-Man, I was like, I'm not going to like this. Just not going to like it. Loved it. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like it as much. I thought, OK, I, you know. My Lord and Savior Kevin Feige, I, in him I trust. Right, you know <laughs> I, I, the movie's yes. not going to suck, but I'll be honest, I was brokenhearted that Edgar Wright didn't end up directing that film. Oh, agreed. You know, I was brokenhearted, so I thought I was going to see something, you know, like an Edgar Wright wannabe film. 
Yeah. Something a little lackluster. It'd be it'd be fine. But, but you know right. what? The, the, it was just another example of guys in TV, young guys in TV, being extremely talented filmmakers in their own right who have just not been given a shot yet. Yeah. And Peyton Reed delivered the goods in Ant-Man. I thought that movie, it was just straight-up heist picture mm-hmm. with superpowers. That's fantastic. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy is just a fun... It's, Not so weird version a, of Lost in Space or Star with, Wars. With Star Wars. They just meld. I mean, they mesh the the sci-fi with the superhero genre so well. Yeah. And then they throw comedy and music into it, and it's who who wouldn't like it? I mean, it touches now it touches everything. everybody. Yeah. 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 I noticed, and I'm sure you noticed, there were a lot of parallels to Star Wars in this film. There were quite a few. I I, I can. S- es- yeah. I especially, can see it. I I could definitely see. Uh, Pe- I am your father. Yeah, uh, I, well, Peter Quill <laughs> was very much the Luke Skywalker character. He could control the uh, whatever the light is what right. they called it, right? And he had that, for lack of a better term, superpower. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, he had that disposition to control celestial yes. energy or whatever the yeah. And then you got you is. got Ego, who uh, is. Well, he starts. Is the off emperor as, more more or less? He sort of starts off as the Obi Wan character, and then he becomes the emperor character. He yeah. just yeah. turns into a cosmic douche. Yeah, you know, he's just he's a, a dude. deadbeat dad. He's a, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> the epitome of that. Yes, one hundred percent. But no, there were parallels with that, and uh, the starfighters. I love the race of the sovereign. That that. They pilot their starfighters. They're all drones, but it's like a video game arcade from the 80s. It yeah. had the sounds, too. The, oh, I love that. Yeah. And if it, when, when their ship gets destroyed, they're all, oh, no! Come on, man, you had that. <laughs> well, they're all standing behind that one last fighter, uh-huh. the last pilot, just like you would at, like, well, they don't have them anymore, but the arcades in the old days, yeah. you know, yeah. watching that one guy going at Mrs. Pac-Man for a while, you know, and just... That was and awesome. Just, you can't kick him off the machine. And right. It's just like magic to watch. Speaking but. of Pac-Man. <laughs> oh, my God. That scene. <laughs> the ultimate cameo. <laughs> that was amazing and when the Peter turned. The... Oh, yeah. Peter turns into Pac-Man and, oh, and tries to God. eat Ego. Go like... see the movie. Yeah, it you, was amazing. If and if you th- if you think about it, you want to you know, like you know, e- and that scene, e- you know, they're pulling they're, they're <laughs> pulling the planet towards them to make huge avatars of themselves, right? Like the thing that represents them. And ego, of course, makes this huge version of himself. Self, yes, because he lives up to his name. And Peter makes Pac-Man around himself. I mean, it's just, it's the perfect symbol for those two characters. It really is. And didn't they make the Pac-Man sound of, the yes. of him eating stuff? Wacka, 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 so here's wacka, a question wacka. for you guys. Yeah. Do we like Peter so much because he reminds us of who we were? Or how we kind of, uh, we share a similar background with him? You know, I th- this is just, I'm just speaking for myself here on this one, is that Peter reminds me of my 13-year-old self, how he would imagine me to be when I was 34. Yes. Okay. You yeah. know, it was it would be like, yeah, reminding me as a kid how I could turn out as an adult. And if somebody gave me a jetpack and some ray guns and a spaceship, yeah. you better believe I'd call it the Milano. You better believe I'd call myself Star-Lord or whatever. <laughs> Not Taserface? Uh, not Taser. No. <laughs> Taserface. Taserface is a dumb name. I mean, it's just terrible. Uh, since we're since we're um, uh, we're talking about the uh, the characters and kind of breaking them down one uh, one sure. on one, how about Rocket? 
How, was Rocket yes. freaking amazing in this movie? Does Rocket not break your heart? Every oh my sec- god! There's a moment where Rocket. I mean, he like it's a combination performance because uh, the guy who plays Craig and which is James Gunn's brother, I think it's Scott Gunn. Um, he is the body double for Rocket on set. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of the mocap work of of James Gunn's brother as well as Bradley Cooper's amazing voice acting in that. Yeah. Which you can't tell that's Bradley Cooper No, I was about all. to yeah. say, you, you would have to tell me that's Bradley Cooper for me to believe that. Which they did at the, right there in the beginning credits, you know, yes. the, Groot, the baby Groot dance scene. But, you know, it was there's this moment where Rocket, you can see that there's an emotional journey that this character is on mm-hmm. between the first and the second film, and God only knows where the third film is going to take us. But, yeah. I noticed it when he was, after they crash, and he's repairing the ship, and he's being very distant to the rest of the crew. Yeah. You can, that okay, said, okay, he's not going to just sit there and crack jokes all movie long. Mm-mm. Right. So, yeah, that was good. And then I, when he was imprisoned with Yondu, it's like, you yes. know, he, you find out, you're just a douche. Yeah, well, you got your boys captured or killed, you know, or yeah. whatever that was. And uh, It's interesting. Yeah. And, and what, what, so, yeah, what was going on in his head at that moment when, you know, when they're, they're going off to Ego's planet, he's getting left behind to, to do the repairs. And the prisoner watch. And Yeah, and the yeah. prisoner watch. And, and you know, so yeah, what's going on in his head at that point? I'm thinking he is very he, quiet. I'm thinking he knew he fucked up by taking the controls from Quill so much. Mm. That's mm. just me, that he might have put them in, in greater danger by, by his macho contest with Quill. I also felt like he needed that time away from them to really put himself back together emotionally to be able to uh, to be able to come to them later, yeah, and and be like, hey, I did fuck up, or you know, hey, I I actually do love you guys, but I just need that space. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, a theme of family in the movie, mm-hmm. so like what Adam was saying, I think he's on the right course too. He, you don't know how good your family is until you don't have them around you. That's right. Yeah, that's and I right. think that was the learning process for him. Yeah, oh, it's just a great journey for Rocket. Go see the movie. Yeah, go see the movie. <laughs> see it again. They're not know. even paying us. That's how much we like <laughs> it. I mean, we do this shit literally for free. Straight to your ear holes, no money. We're not asking for a single dime for you in any way, shape, or form. But this movie, just from nerd to nerd or nerd to, to interested party, if you're just listening because of, ah, I got five minutes left, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, go see this movie. It mm-hmm. is that good. Now, will I... This and I and this will be my segue into the maybe the things that we didn't like as much about the okay. movie. Yep. You know, one of the things about this movie was is that it wasn't a surprise. I mean, the past movie, you know, we saw uh, Peter Serafinowicz uh, looking at the lineup with Giant C. Riley's Nova Corps officer, and you hear Serafinowicz go, "What a bunch of a holes," <laughs> you know, and you're thinking, "What the fuck kind of movie is this going okay. to be?" You know, is it going to be the usual suspects? Is it going to be a comedy? Is it going to be Cannonball Run? I mean, we don't know what the fuck movie this is going to be, and it was it was like Star Wars in a way, but not. I mean, it's the term is space opera, where we have these flying spaceships and zappy bolts and starfighters and all this shit. Fuck the laws of physics, you know. It just—it's yeah. just the way it is. It's—it's it's space magic, and um, I'm just saying that it was a, a complete and utter surprise to me that there were some things that I did maybe expect. And don't get me wrong, they delivered on it, mm-hmm. but that 
I expected that Gamora was going to be tough with Peter, you know, that their relationship was, was going to hit a stumbling block or something yeah. like that. You know, I was expecting Rocket to be a douchebag to people. Um, I was expecting Baby Groot to be Baby Groot. You know, that was the thing because they had overmarketed the shit out of Baby Groot. Yeah. I am Groot. Um, that was the only complaint I think I have about this film is the fact that I expected some of the things that they delivered on, you know, and that's the best I can, I can describe. Can it. I, I'm sorry. Can we go back real quick to rocket? Sure. Because there's that scene with him and Yondu in the ship yeah. that I think was one of the best moments in the entire film. Okay. Uh, where Yondu is pushing his buttons and saying, you're an asshole. Here's why you're an asshole. You have that empty spot inside of you. You know, you think you're not worthy and you think that, you know, you're a piece of shit and you'll always have that hole inside you. And Rocket's just kind of like, you shut the fuck up right now. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And for him to, to just go, you're me. That hit so hard. It hit him like a ton of bricks. Yeah. yeah. And I felt like while the movie had a lot of comedic qualities, there were parts where I was just like, all right, are they going to let the characters breathe and have a serious moment? And right about that time, I was thinking that you get that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to see that character depth, and you get to see, you get to connect with Yondu at that point. Because for me personally, he was hard to connect with. And to see him at that point, it really felt like he had joined the team. Yeah. In that moment, no, that's where right. he joined yeah. the team. You're right. And I'm glad you brought that up. That definitely needed to be added to the litany. I mean, there's there's this giant tome which fills all the good stuff of this film. But, yeah. you know, again, I just put it out there that, you know, it, the, the movie didn't take any surprise turns for me mm-hmm. insofar, gotcha. except for the ego thing was a bit of a swerve at the end, you know, and, and, and I understood the reasons why and I accepted it and I enjoyed that part of it. But it was just like overall, I felt like, you know, I wasn't, yeah, and this is something that I don't think the movie could have accomplished unless it was like the original Guardians of the Galaxy, which right. they teased in one of the end credits scene, which was fucking great. Um, but I, I I just felt like they, you know, as as fair or unfair as that criticism is, we weren't going to get the, be surprised, as pleasantly surprised as we were back in 2014. Sure, yeah, and, and I think pleasantly surprised is a great description of, how I felt about uh, the first Guardians because mm-hmm. it's like it's like any of the the, the, f- the first movies in uh, you know in a trilogy. It's like you know when I saw the first Thor, I didn't know what I was going to expect. You know when I saw Ant Man, I didn't know what I was going to expect. And the same thing with um, with Guardians. Um, for me, actually, the it was the only complaint I had was that it was almost too broad in the comedy. You know, that, that okay. at, at, at points, it's like, you know, they, they it's like, wow, they've really turned this up to 11 this yeah. time around. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it did, it didn't turn me off, but it's like, it was definitely like, you know, it, you know, there's a point where I, I'm out of the movie, um, you know, emotionally thinking, wow, this is a space comedy. You know, well, this you is not an adventure. You realize they're kind of doing a skit at a certain point. You yeah. Know, it's, it's almost like, yes, it, it's not. It, it's it, it, you could take that bit out 
and you still have almost the same movie, you know? Right. So, no, that's a good call. Yeah, that's that's the and that's literally the only complaint. Not I to have say about the it. bits weren't funny. No, they were funny, but the, that's that's I think a legitimate concern there. What about you, Adam? Uh, one of the things that I had problems with was um, was Yondu as a character uh, towards the end when they have his funeral. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was the epitome of. Um, when you go to somebody's funeral, even though they've been, you know, crappy a lot of their life, and they go, oh, well, this person was so great, and they were <laughs> loved, and and I felt like they kind of went overboard by just not acknowledging the trauma he caused Peter yeah, you know, that's, at all. He did kidnap him from it, his planet. There was that, and I mean, while, yeah, he did some of those father-son things, he he didn't treat him very well overall, and that's... That's made pretty clear in the first movie. Right. He never told him he was loved. <laughs> well. I'm just saying. But, I, you know, but, but I, was... I agree with you that he was a hard man, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just kind of, I kind of rolled my eyes just like, all right, uh-huh. you, you know, at what point are we going to br- bring some honesty into this? Yeah. And I get why they didn't, but at the same time, I think it would have been nice to ground the characters a little more hmm. with that. Yeah, like if they said, you know, well, you know, he was my dad. God, he was a douche. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, something is simple. And we all as know that. people who have dads like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, my dad wasn't perfect, but yeah. there's times where like I love the guy, but man, I mean Yeah, my dad my dad was a hard guy too, but I you know, at the same point, I I, I don't know if yeah, I was at when I was at my dad's funeral, I didn't call him out for being a douche to me <laughs> sometimes. No. So there's you a know, time and a place for everything. There is. There is. But but you're right. I mean, it seemed like they made it really flowery at that point in, in heaping so much praise for, you know, the last hours of his life, basically. Right. Yeah. It's a lot to make up for. It is. And I, as I said, I understood why they didn't call that out. Yeah. Because like you said, when at your dad's funeral, you didn't yeah. say you were a douche sometimes. Yeah. I love uh, you, Papa. Jesus, really? You know? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I felt like uh, for Peter to go, for, to go even when in the spaceship, he's like, you know, you just wanted me for thieving. To, to go from that to like, oh, yeah, this was my dad. Yeah. Um, to see that process in such a short time from one extreme to the other was, was, was a little bit of a jump for me. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of story to tell in a short period of time. It is. I'd agree. I mean, it still doesn't mean that he can't come to that realization. Maybe that would, be, would have been something for him to maybe you know, wrestle with in volume three a little if bit. If they had started off the movie where he had come to that, yeah. like I think that would have been a great, a great thing yeah. for them to, to really jump with and organically... Develop. So we know that Kevin Feige is listening to this podcast right now. So maybe you want to take Adam into your writer's room. I'm just saying. So good call out, Adam. Thank you. (laughs) What about you, Manny? Did anything stick out to you as maybe like, eh? Okay, go with the whole not being surprised thing. Yeah. It, I like the movie. Uh huh. I actually really like the movie. Oh. But it, there's parts that were very predictable, even like the funeral scene. It reminded me of Star Trek Voyager, where You've seen this episode a thousand times because you watch TNG and you watch Deep Space Nine. They and all start Wrath of Khan, right? They all start the same and yeah. they all end the same, and that's what I didn't like. Like I did like the beginning scene. I liked the music, 
But I knew there was going to be a big scene, battle scene with the whole group, yeah. just like all the other Marvel movies. Yep. So I was kind of hoping for a little, di- you know, just something different. Like, and if, they did the 360 degree Avenger shot too. Yes, I noticed. Yes. That. Yeah. <laughs> like Adam says, had they done something more personal at the beginning, just to kind of keep you off balance a little bit, yeah. that would have been great. Yeah. But that's my only complaint. It just felt, I liked it. Yeah. I like, you know, it, it felt comfortable. But okay. sometimes I don't want to be comfortable. Yeah, sometimes a movie's supposed to make you feel a little loogie. Yeah. You know, I mean, otherwise there'd never be a market for horror movies. Like Logan just kept me off balance the whole time. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Logan was a roller coaster. I mean, this was just a romp. I mean, it was a straightforward adventure romp. So look, I think we all had fair fair criticisms, fair call-outs, but I think it's safe to say we all really, really love this movie. So I, I... I, I, you know, I just, I just want to go into the final word segment. I mean, I think I'm just going to start off by saying that I have now watched whatever number Marvel Cinema, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie this is, you know, the 14th, 15th, 16th, whatever, whatever number they're on. Yeah. And I have not, not enjoyed one. I mean, even Iron Man 3. Which some people do not like. <laughs> yeah, that was the only that. one I didn't enjoy. I just watched that this week for the first time. Actually, I kind of love that movie. I I really do. I I, I just love that it was a deconstructionist take on Tony Stark. The mm-hmm. the comic nerd in me yeah. could not get past the extremis. Okay, but you right. see, you know, and so I just if got, they'd called it something else, it would have been fine for you. I, I I think so. I think so. But the fact that they went with extremis, I felt like was uh. It felt like a slap in the face and an oversimplification of a great concept. Yeah, I think. It, but then again, you know, that came from Warren Ellis's run on on Iron Man, and and Warren Ellis doesn't write fuzzy and warm <laughs> stories. I mean, I don't think anybody's acu- going to ever accuse Warren Ellis of writing a children's book. No, ever, never. So I'm just saying. But I I think. But but that being said, all I'm saying is is that I have not disliked a single Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I've liked some much more than others. Yeah. And I think this movie right now is in my top three. I mean, that's just off the top of my head right now. Um, and I just, I would beg people to watch this movie who weren't interested. The first one it was my favorite uh, Marvel movie, just because it was so different for me. Oh, yeah. It was nothing I expected. And it was everything I wish... They would make like a Justice League International movie to be. Oh my you know, god! So you just blew my mind right now because I never even thought of that, and yeah. that would be amazing. Because that, that was be. the as a kid, I didn't get JLI. Yeah. As an adult, it's hilarious. It's funny. It's sexy. It's cool. It was their rejects and at it, times heartbreaking. Yes, yeah. JLI. People forget the Despero storyline where Despero was just stalking the JLI for six issues, and then he broke the JLI in half just about before the Martian Manhunter shut him down. That was, and this was during the the full-on, you know, Booster Beetle run in the JLI. Wahaha. But anyway, no, that's a great call out. Adam, I think I am blown. I want to see a Justice League International. Absolutely now. But that's what I'm saying. I get that. The WB, you know, Warner Brothers wants to make movies a certain way, make it serious, you know, to, and dif- I, to differentiate itself from, from Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, but man, there. I mean, it doesn't all have to be that way because yeah, you go see a Marvel movie and you come out. I feel like a kid again watching a Saturday morning cartoon. It's just so exciting. I can't wait for the next one to come out. Yep. I came out of Man of Steel going, oh my god, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
because yeah. I want to kill myself. That wasn't my <laughs> that wasn't my Superman. But back to Marvel, it, it they just every movie, and then they have these great post credit yeah, scenes the, that just they're and, not shitty scenes like a lot of other movies do now because they they see oh they, hey people stay to the end. No, no, they're all good and they're funny or they're yeah. serious well, or they're cliffhangers. And, and I just want to jump in real quick and say. You know how Joss Whedon did, didn't do an end credit scene for Avengers Age of Ultron? Yes. Fucking the Guardians, James Gunn, he leaned in and did yeah. five <laughs> mid-credit oh, scenes. I had to tell my friend, do not leave the theater after the first scene. Until said, really? the reel is done. I said, you don't. Stay. Until the lights come on, do yeah. not leave. She's like, really? I go, just trust me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just even in the end credit scene, like you're looking a little David bubble. Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff is there. Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster yes. was in one of them. I'm like... He's supposed to be in Thor Ragnarok, but he's just there, just doing his yep. little fingers up dance. You're like, I'm Jeff Goldblum, Even, motherfucker. <laughs> I was sitting you know? there watching the credits roll, and I'm sitting there thinking, any other movie, we would just have a black screen right now. Yeah. And that's how creative the movie was, down to the credits, yes. that they were able to put entertainment from front to back. And some of the people, like like visual effects supervisor, I am Groot, and then it would translate right. halfway yeah. up the screen. It was just neat. Um, final thoughts on the movie for you, Adam? Um, are are we doing our mixtapes right now? No, that's okay. coming in. But just final thoughts. Final De- thoughts. I think. I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> John knows he went. He he's an English teacher. Uh, okay. Uh, no, I I really enjoyed it. I I wish that they made comics like this. Yeah. Good that point. Was, that was the one thing um, that as I watched it. I knew I couldn't go out and find a comic that that did it that did it as well as they did in the movie. In all fairness, just just for just for uh, equal time, I will mention that on Free Comic Book Day yesterday, Marvel did release a free comic, Guardians of the Galaxy number one, which has nothing to do with the movie. I mean, it's completely different. Right. It looks like a fun first issue. I don't know where that series is going to go, but. You know, just to say that that Marvel finally managed to tie in something pretty directly to a film <laughs> that wasn't as heavy-handed as Marvel Civil War II, which was a steaming pile of garbage. Uh, well, so. not only that, they've got several, and we can talk about this later. They got yeah. several number one series starting. Yes, yes. Due to this movie coming out, right, right. So, oh, speaking of Civil War, yeah, two. Yeah, I was at C two E two last year. Oh, lucky man! Okay, so we were waiting for uh, Stan Lee to get there. Something was wrong with his car or something. But they're really pushing Civil War two because uh-huh. the movie's coming out. And I'll tell you, the audience reaction was like, "We don't want this. Yeah, we want the movie, but we, nobody wanted the comic book." So you know, and Adam and I, we talked about this in our when after David Gabriel and Axel Alonso stepped on their own dicks a few weeks ago. Um, we were talking about Civil War Two and just how tone deaf it was in comparison to the film Captain America: Civil War. You know, you could have done a sequel to Civil War just fine. It just it was heavy-handed because they wanted to inject yes. the Inhumans and, and fucking everything. Well, not only point. that, but they had said straight up that they had planned uh, Secret Empire uh, ahead of time, yeah, and that right. they delayed right. it to do civil to do mm. civil war. So they shoved this story in the middle of whatever else was planned, and it reads like that because. I don't feel like if they were going to do Civil War II and they planned it out, I don't yeah. think they would have done the story with Captain America being a Hydra agent. No, t- fair call, 100%. So, John, final thoughts on the film? Uh, it was awesome. 
<laughs> it was like I, I I think your reference to uh, Cannonball Run is spot on. It was like an it was like an old fashioned uh, action comedy that we just really don't see anymore. I mean, Ocean's Eleven I think is probably about the closest yeah. that we've come to in the That's past true. fifteen years. Yeah. I would love to, to see James Gunn do a remake of Cannonball Run. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, man. All-star cast all and star everything. Co- I mean, fuck it. Pay them all what they want. Make the movie a $250 movie, road race movie. I don't care. As long as I can see you know, modern-day people doing it. I, I'm just saying, I love the Cannonball Run movies. Dean Martin and mm-hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. and all those cats. Was it Dom DeLuise? Dom DeLuise <laughs> is captain. <laughs> and, like, and Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so good. Okay, I, I, I'm totally dating ourselves here, but yeah, I'm I have here. no I'm clue a... what you guys are talking <laughs> yeah. about. I'm like, oh, I'm glad they're having a good time. My go dad ahead, used to watch ahead. those on those. What's it called? A videotape? Videotape. Yeah, VHS. my dad. Used to, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Before that, there were the big oh, the laser fl- disc. No, before laser Betamax. Disc, it, no, it was after Betamax. It's this big <laughs> flat disc. I saw Star Wars that I trilogy. I almost bought for like three hundred dollars. It was a flat disc. It was tape. And you would actually have to take it out, flip it over. Yeah, I think that's a, that's what the hell are you disc. talking about? No, it was not laser no, disc. But it, it, I, we had that. I'm gonna need to look this up. Yes, I don't did. even know wait, what wait, you're was, talking was about. Was it in like a big like plastic sheath, like was, with a uh, like 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 it looked all, like a big flat eight track. Wow, I have Ooh, no idea. What the what fuck? You're about. Yes, I'm gonna look this shit look up. Look this up. I swear, we had one. I had I had Superman the movie with Christopher Reeve on it. My dad had Cannonball Run because he loved that crap. You know, he just loved the laugh. Manny just said I'm like his dad. <laughs> there you go. I swear, that's to a compliment, God. Dad. Thank you. I appreciate. So that. clearly, your dad thought that uh, you know Betamax was too uh, you know what what you know was too like cutting edge. Fancy. So now too we got fancy. too fancy. We got the big thing. More we had to take it. Would, you had to midway through the movie actually have to eject this monstrosity, flip it over, and put it back yep. in. Wow. It wasn't laser disc. I remember that because he. I thought he was going to jump on laser disc. He never did. He swore by VHS, and he still watches VHS to this day. God bless him. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So, okay, as promised, we are going to deliver our rating for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 um, based tape. on the number of mixtapes from 1 to 5. Who'd like to go first? I, I think w- Jonathan should I w- go first. I will, I will, give, I will give it a, a, a solid 4.5 out of 5 mixtapes. Okay. Nice. I think, yeah, I think it, it it did everything that it was supposed to do, and it did very little of what it uh, wasn't supposed to do, and I was I was there beginning to end. So four mixtapes and an A side. Th- there you go. Ooh. Okay, like it. Nice. Like it. What about you, Adam? Uh, I'll do four mixtapes. Four mixtapes. I, I I really enjoyed it. I can't remember the last time I laughed so much at a movie. Okay, really cool. Nanny, I'm gonna give it a four and a half because. Like I said, I'm not the biggest Marvel fan, but this this cast just keeps me laughing. The action was good. The CGI wasn't so over the top, like the uh, where you're just overwhelmed and you know it's not real, uh-huh. and it just turns you off. Now I just really, really, really like this movie. Yeah. The kids like the movie. I can watch it with my family. Perfect. Awesome. Four point five. And uh, you know, originally I, I was thinking about this all day because I knew I was going to do a one to five scale, and at first. I was kind of thinking, 
you know, I'd probably give the original Guardians of the Galaxy a 4.5. And because I wasn't surprised enough, I know Adam. Adam's giving shooting lasers at no, me. No, my right eyes now. just got huge. I was like, that movie was good, but you liked it that much? I love that movie. I mean, I love that movie because it surprised me so much. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, this is a, we live in this era where we are oversaturated with information on movies where, you know, you have these professional trailer companies cut together these two to three minute mini movies that tell you almost the beginning, middle, and end. Again, I rep- I, I reckon, look at the Batman versus Superman trailer. Yes. You know, and, and that told you a beginning, middle, and end right there in the story. Yeah. That's exactly why I don't watch trailers anymore. I, and I'm, I'm a sucker for trailers. I admit it. I'll always watch trailers, but that's all I will watch. Uh, I, I assiduously avoid spoilers, and like anytime I will scroll past stuff as a movie gets closer to being released, I will watch very carefully my Facebook feed and just scroll past yeah. anything that even remotely touches. Especially on the, the week before a Star Wars movie comes out, yeah. I, I go radio silent. I watched the trailers for Star Wars Episode Seven. And just to make sure I wasn't jumping into a prequel disaster. That's fair. And then That's I stopped fair. because once I saw the trailer, I said, oh, my gosh, it feels like Star Wars from when I was a kid. When I, said, I never wanted to, I wanted to be surprised the whole time. But when I saw that first full trailer from Celebration 2015 and Harrison Ford went, Chewie, we're home. I cried. <laughs> I cried like a little fucking baby. Because holy shit, and my nipples were hard too. It was amazing. Are it they was, sensitive? They're very. My <laughs> my nipples are sensitive. My nipples. Uh, that's a joke if you see the movie. Um, so look, uh, originally I was going to give it a four point two five because I liked it just a, a a hair less than the original movie, but because my favorite band and my favorite song which is Fleetwood Mac's The Chain was in that. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm going to give it an extra quarter point and give it a full four mixtapes and a side A. So that's a 4.5 from yours truly. Nice. So very uh, good. so we got we got 4.5, 4.54 for Adam yep. and a 4.5 for Manny. So yes. if you take out both the USA judge and the Russian judge, <laughs> that means the movie has scored an official 4.5 out of five mixtapes. So that's hey, pretty damn good. That is well pr- done, Mr. Gunn. Well done. Well done. And once again, Marvel comes through. Now, there's been some interesting stuff. So he says that this cast is going to stay together for volumes of for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. And he was recently he recently stated that he is going to have a completely different cast for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Four. Oh, wow. he's planning to stay on for four films now. I love that. I, I love that. I love that so hard. And let me tell you why I love that and why I think I'm going to love it so much because we're a comic book podcast. Yes. So we're talking comics now. The original Guardians of the Galaxy made a fucking. Uh, uh, cameo in yes. in this film, not just one, but a couple of different times. And you have Sylvester Stallone playing fucking Starhawk. You have Michelle Yeoh playing Alita. You have Ving Rhames playing motherfucking Charlie Twenty Seven. I love Charlie. Okay, I don't so this, know why this, I love Charlie Twenty Seven so much. This is all new to me because I didn't. Okay, I knew there was significance. Is, these are deep cuts. Okay, from, yeah. this is awesome. Then this makes it that much better. And I'll, I'll be honest, and all due respect to the actor who played who played the voice for Martin X, the crystalline entity who is behind um, Staycar, mm-hmm. which is Starhawk's full name. I didn't recognize his voice, but dude. If I saw a movie with 
fucking Sylvester Stallone flying around like Starhawk. Yeah. And Ving Rhames beating ass like Charlie 27 <laughs> and Michelle Yeoh doing Kung Fu in outer space. Yeah. Dude, I, I think my head might explode <laughs> in nerd joy. Um, so if that's the cast for volume four, please do so quickly because Sylvester Stallone is aging. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't need like Harrison Ford being 78 in the next Indiana Jones, right? Which is what it's looking like right yep. now. He's 74 right now, and they're going to do it in four years. <laughs> Come on. Come on. He should just go be president of the NRA like Charlton Heston did. You know <laughs> I mean? Give me or the uh, Civilian Airline Pilots Association. Um, Ooh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Hey, any crash crash you can walk away from, kid. Um, So, look, go see this movie. That's all we can say. This movie was just so much fun. And even if you only like it at a three out of five, that still means it's an awesome film. Still means it's better than most of the shit you're going to see this year. And it sure is a damn sight better than Iron Fist on Netflix. So, with that being said... I could not agree more with that. Could not because agree of your more podcast, I haven't watched it. Oh my god! Oh well, you know, I'll say this. I think you know, just off topic. I think they're going to do Danny Rand much better in the Defenders TV series. The other thing is, I feel like you have to watch that Netflix series in order to get Defenders, which is fucked up. It, you it's know, so fucked up. That's another show, Adam. And I think I think it's a show that we need to do. Like, oh, the, like maybe we should all get back together again. After Manny has tortured himself for 13 episodes, I can do it. You've watched shittier shows, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I have. You know, but maybe we need to reconvene and do like a Defenders pre mortem. Okay. What do you guys think? I like that. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like a primer. What to expect? Hey, and here's an idea. Maybe we do this on a weekend day if we can converge in August and binge it all together since it's only eight episodes. And then do a podcast afterwards. What and do you think? We'd ourselves. have to do the podcast the next day. Yeah, I, yes. I think we'd be fried after oh, you eight hours. Fucking weenie. I guess I am. <laughs> I'll fucking cop up to that well, if that's maybe, what. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get together for four hours on Saturday and four hours on Sunday. Uh, yeah, that works. Yeah, I could do that because there's there, there's usually there's usually like you know the halfway the halfway point. point. It's like you get like. Uh, a little cliffhangery, uh, yeah, kind cliffhanger, of thing. A, a, a turn in the storyline. Yeah, I think that could be done. So we like to do this on the show. We like to just plan what we're doing on air. You we, know, just we plan the the Im- not the image the creator own podcast. Yeah, on, like I think the DC one or at the Marvel back one. at the back end of all yeah, of our shows. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, can, can I say one thing about uh, d- Galaxy uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh huh. I love that they show David Hasselhoff in Michael Knight gear. And oh, that's that just dope because Knight Rider is one of my favorite all time shows. Yes. So yes. John, Wright. I just I just love that part. And my kids even said, look, daddy, it's Michael Knight because they watch <laughs> Knight Rider with me. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Parenting. <laughs> I have I have the box set that you push the button on the front and the light lights up oh, and it plays is, the music. I've never seen that. Is that a thing? Oh, yes. Holy. That's God. amazing. That's a thing of beauty. That's I, I awesome. S- somewhere put away. I still have the. Uh, Toy from 1980, I think it was 84, 85 when I got it. It was a Trans Am uh-huh. with the Michael Knight doll, and he pushed the back license plate, and it would talk. 
Wow. I, now, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't your brother mod an actual car? He wanted to. He oh, never oh, got oh. the chance to, okay. but he actually bought a, a, a light rig from for the for the front uh, nice. uh, kit light, and uh, he just never could put all the pieces together. But um, too bad. I boycott the Universal Studios because Kit's no longer there, so oh. I have no desire to go now. Yeah, plus they have the rights to do Spider-Man events there, which just no, sucks. No, yeah, no. no, not until... Look, I want a full Marvel <laughs> world one day, just like I'm getting a Star Wars land. Okay, they're working. I don't on think it. I could handle the... that. That would just be too much overload for me. Well, you Look, know if... they, they've they've taken out the Tower of Terror in both yep. Disneyland yes. and Disney World and made it a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. So, well, that means we're all going to need to go to Disneyland. Okay, boys. So, I've never good. been there, so let's go oh, road trip. Uh, hey, I went. I went nice. last year for the first time in thirty years. It changed a little bit. Just a bit. <laughs> One or two things? Just just a couple of things. Like that the submarine ride wasn't there. I was so disappointed. I remember the first time I got in that thing, I was so excited. Yeah. I sat there going, can I please just get off? This yeah, is, this it is was horrible. terrible. Man. But you know, when you watch the old video, I don't know if you've been to the uh, Walt Disney Family Museum in the Presidio in I San Francisco. No. Go. Don't take kids. It's boring for kids. It's great for adults. Okay. But you can, like, they show old films like, hey, you know, the old films they show on the Wonderful World of Disney. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah. And so, like, they showed, like, this family. Typical 1960s white family getting in the submarine. This looking is at the Mr. Window. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> yes. And their three children, Joy, Harry, and Frank. <laughs> looking at the wonders of the deep sea. Yes, and it's all these <laughs> fake octopus and fish. Oh, oh terrible. terrible. Glad it's gone. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. So give us a Marvel world. Give us, or better yet, call it Avengers world. There you go. Which is... You just made my head explode because that was like, that's crazy. <laughs> To have like the comic come how, to life. How many <gasps> times have I called myself a marketing genius on this show? That, Disney, Disney, Bob Jim, Iger. Jim, your I know I, Bob Iger lis, listens to this show. By yes, your he gets idea a though that you you gave to me when I saw you <laughs> at the uh, Lodi Cinema. Uh-huh. I went to go see. Uh, I think it was Apocalypse. Uh, uh, I want to say it was X Men right. Apocalypse. Yep. Let's not talk uh, about that. Yeah. But you said, we were talking about Fantastic Four. Yes. And he said, the only way this movie could work is if you make it a timepiece. Yes. And you make it the 1960s yes. with Ooh, the space yes, race. I heard this, I... And that would work. So, yes, if anyone's listening, that's the only way you can I, save I'm it. I'm saying Sue Storm and the bouffant hairdo with the curls at either Do side. It. Right. And, and Okay, if you're going to go that 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 far, yeah. here, here we go. Okay. Here's... Forget Doctor Doom. Are you ready? Okay, give it 1960s to me. 1960s villain, Red Ghost. Boom! Red Ghost and his super intelligent apes. Oh, my wow. God. That there is... you go. John, we need to write a spec script. Done. And just send it to Fox and say, just do it. Don't pay us anything. Just do it. If it's we a just time, see this If movie. it's a timepiece, it works. Fantastic Four doesn't work in 2017. Because we, because we don't worship astronauts today the way no, they did back in the, no. the days of the space race, which is a damn shame because astronauts are fucking yes. cool. But, you know, things like cosmic rays and stuff, we, we don't believe in that stuff anymore. But we, we know better now. So, look, lots of great things to come on, on oh, yeah. Graphic Content Podcast. This was episode 14. Um, I, I just want to shout out to you, Manny, and you, John, for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. First time yes, we've had thank a you full, for coming, guys. Yeah, first time we've had a full compliment in the Graphic Content Studio. So thanks again for coming. Uh, Manny. Where are you online? Are you just on Facebook, or do you do just, the others? Uh, just look for me on Facebook under Manny Gomez. I, I got a little art studio we're putting together with a couple bunch of artists. We're trying to get some stuff going. There's a possibility of maybe a comic book. I'm looking for someone who writes a good, interesting story. Interesting. I'd, I'd like to 
take a jab at drawing it. I've never done it. I want to do it. Um, we have other artists that we just kind of like a little sanctuary. Manny, we need to talk later. It sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, uh, sometimes you'll see me either at, I visit the launch pad, I go visit Alan at the Comic Grapevine. I support cool. local comic shops. We need to. Yes. I read them online, I read them on my iPad, but there's something about having the actual comic in my hands. Well, I get my singles digitally, but I get all my trades analog. So, and, and it, I am. And I take my kids. Trade addicted yes. now. We take my kids to Comic Grapevine and get them kids' comics. Cool. Um, because I want them to enjoy comic books and, you know. They like My Little Pony. They like Transformers, like Ninja Turtles. I'm no, I don't say no to any of it. That hey, you're you're the father of the year in my mind. So my man. besides, so. It's, I it's think an that's great. Drug. I, I think that's great. You're letting them develop their own taste. Exactly. They 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 love their DC heroes. Okay, they love them. They have because all the Imaginex the toys. They love Blue Beetle because they uh, see he's got brown skin just yeah. like they do. They oh, love that's, that's fucking awesome. How right? many didn't I say that on our previous podcast? How important Jaime Reyes is as a character. They um, love him. He is he is the most important character for the fastest growing demographic in the United States, and DC needs to do more with the Blue Beetle. Yes, so. representation is important. It is important, and damn it, Jaime Reyes in Young Justice. Hopefully, we get to see him in, oh. in season three, which is coming. So, anyway, so, okay, that was a tangent. Uh, John, <laughs> where can the kids find... Now, you're a published author. I am. Of gaming, hot gaming goodness. Talk to me a little bit about that again. Uh, Mecha versus Kaiju is a uh, science fiction role-playing game of giant monsters and giant robots powered by Fate Core. Neat. That is my uh, you know my little canned uh, response there. Um, you it's, can find it on DriveThruRPG and RPG Now. Yeah, you just, just search for Mecha versus Kaiju. You can also go to MechaVersusKaiju.com. And uh, find it there. It's available. The uh, the core book is available on Amazon if you like your game books uh, physical, uh, or you can also order a print copy on uh, RPG Now. Or you can order a print copy through your favorite local gaming shop, your like, friendly local gaming store. Please, like please. the Launchpad and Loadout. Great store. So a little pitch for them. We Go. got a pitch for Alan's shop. A little yeah, pitch of course. for Mike and Cody's well, shop. Well, yeah, and Launchpad does. Uh, we don't do gaming, but yeah. they do. An, Launchpad does an amazing job but, over at the with the board games and yes. the RPGs, tabletop RPGs, and uh, yeah. In like, fact, I just bought our Last Best Hope, which is a powered by the Apocalypse game that I can't wait to take a stab at. Um, so, John, where the, can the kids find you online? Uh, I'm, I have a Facebook page. I just look for Mecha versus Kaiju on uh, on Facebook um, or on uh, on Twitter at Mecha v Kaiju. Cool. And and I, I've just been convinced that I need an Instagram. So I, I think you need to because there's so much Kaiju goodness on Instagram, dude. I know. I and I, you I don't. It. You already have one. I thought I followed you on that. You know, I I I set one up uh, when I was first doing my uh, you know my uh, online presence. Uh, so. It's. I have an account. I've just never actually done anything with it. We'll and start doing stuff, and we'll share it. I Absolutely. Will do that. Yeah. Adam is our Instagram wizard. Excellent. So, uh, and look, we need to wrap this up. So, I am Jim. Yes. <laughs> you could find me on Twitter <laughs> at Jimmers with three M's on Instagram with five M's, and I actually post shit on Twitter or, not, or on Instagram once in a while. It's yes, I've noticed you becoming more active. It's fun I, to see you. I like to take pictures. The I sleeper just, must awaken. The sleeper has awoken because I just took a picture of all the uh, Q-Pops. I'm not a fan of the Funko Pops, but the Q-Pops are the fully uh, detailed 
Uh-huh. Um, statue figures. I'll show you one. I've I'm got, looking at him like I, like he's an alien because yeah. I don't know what the fuck he's talking They're, about. Q-pops are my jam over regular pop figures. And uh, so I've brought all those to my office and it makes everybody go, wow, you're a big fucking nerd. <laughs> so anyway, at Jimmers yes. 3Ms on Twitter, at Jimmers 5Ms on Facebook uh, or on uh, Instagram. On Facebook, I'm Jim Mason. Uh, we have the Graphic Content Podcast uh, fan page, I think is yeah. what you call it. Uh, graphic content is on Twitter. If you want to hit us up, uh, you can hit us up uh, at Graphic Podcast on Twitter. You can uh, follow us and uh, send us messages. If you're a creator, we'd love to take a look at your works, uh, help promote it, and talk to you about it. You can also send us long form emails at our Gmail account, which is thereal.graphiccontent at gmail.com. So, Adam, what do we say when we uh, sign off this show? Go read a comic. And after you read a comic, go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And we'll see you next time.